welcome. This is Robin Sills from St. Mary's Hospital. Welcome to Medically Speaking. I hope everyone is having a great week. It's a beautiful week. Had a little bit of drizzle. I was out in my car driving um, on, a, on a phone meeting, actually, in my car. And all of a sudden, I saw the sky getting dark, saw that it was it was starting to rain. I'm like, oh, yes, I'm not going to have to water tonight. By the time I pulled in my driveway, which was a half hour later, it had stopped. <laughs> so it looks like I have to water tonight when I get out of here. I will definitely have to water. So I hope everyone's doing well, having a great summer. Um, we are starting off our month with a topic. Um, and, you know, what we've been doing lately, we've been taking a topic and keeping it throughout the month. And I think you'll really enjoy this topic. We're going to be focusing on migraines. And it's definitely something I've probably very little talked about over the last several years on this show, but I think it's something that a lot of Americans suffer from. So we're calling this month, It's All in Your Head, focusing on migraines. And we know that there's about 12% of Americans suffer from migraines in this country. I definitely am one of them, but I've been very lucky in how I've been able to manage them myself. But we have with us tonight an incredible physician who's from our community, Dr. Puya Fatahi. Hi, Dr. Fatahi. Hi, how are you? Great. I'm so happy you could join us. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Dr. Fatahi is a neurologist um, right here in the greater Waterbury area with Waterbury Neurology. They are at 1625 Straits Turnpike in Waterbury. And we will give out more information on your group at the end. So if people want to look you up and and reach out to you and your group, they can. But I know that I've been working with your group for several years. And you're newer to our area, though, right? When did you come here, Doc? Um, About five years ago. Five years already. Yes, yes. It's been five years. That's right. And you do a lot with St. Mary's Hospital. We love having you helping us with our neurology at St. Mary's Hospital. You're actually our chair for neurology, I I believe. Right? Yes. See? I want to make sure I snuck that in. You're the chairman of the board for neurology at St. Mary's. And you, um, you, so you've been in practice in this area for five years, but you just said something to me that I read about you. You started out in optometry. Yes. So I actually started optometry first and I got very interested in neurology. So I went back to medical school and started, you know, fresh and did my residency. A second residency. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So I did my residency at Yale New Haven Hospital. Then I did uh, about three fellowships afterwards. And then, wow. I, you know, I was, uh, um, I knew Dr. T and Dr. Kaplov in the community. Right. So I started working with them and I enjoyed it and decided, you know what, this is where I'm going to stay. So I've been here ever since. We are so blessed. You know, so many people, Appreciate and I that. say this all the time, so many people really think they need to leave our area for specialties. We have everything here. That's we have great. everything here. And the one thing I love about the network of physicians we have in the greater Waterbury area. You know who everyone is. You guys refer to each other. You work as a team for patient care. And if the team feels that we need to reach out to another area like Yale or Hereford or whatever, you have connections in other communities to be able to provide that path of care. But we have everything right here. There's no reason to start anywhere else. And that's exactly was my thought that I, that I started to join this group is, you know, I've known the people in the community. I've known the uh, neurologists in that practice. And I saw that the care that it was given here, both as an outpatient or inpatient at St. Mary's Hospital, it is really equivalent to Yale New Haven Hospital. <laughs> you know, sometimes we need 
need specialized uh, testing or if we need more in-depth um, 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 opinions such as patients with aneurysm or patients that they have a massive bleed, then we absolutely are able to reach out to our colleagues at either Yale New Haven Hospital, St. Francis, or even Hartford Hospital if we have to, mm-hmm. and we are able to transfer the patient seamlessly. So, so it, it feels good to be able to provide the level of care that you're used to at a institution such as Yale right. and bring it to our community here. Absolutely. In we do so much here. And, and I've seen, because now working here at St. Mary's and then, you know, my job taking me throughout our region, so to St. Francis and then to Mercy, I can tell you that, you know, just being from St. Mary's, we have some of the best of the best. And we have these Correct. resources regionally, and to be able to provide it locally, you really don't need to leave. That's right. That's right. One of the leave. most uh, difficult thing for patients is actually getting down to someplace else, yeah. down Yelp, New Haven, or other places, because it's 45 minutes, an hour drive. It's difficult for them. Now, mm-hmm. imagine if they are suffering from, for example, migraine headaches. Right. You know, you don't want to drive all the way there. It's so true. You know, and you don't want to do this multiple times a month or a year. So You know, years ago, we didn't have what we have now. And 12 years ago, when my husband had his stroke, and we had to transfer him Mm. from here down to Yale, I had to drive every single day down there. And I was driving home late at night by myself. And I don't want that for other people. And we don't need to do that anymore. Correct. Correct. So let's talk, before we get to migraines, I want to educate everybody as to what a neurologist is. Because I think there's confusion between a neurologist and a neurosurgeon. Always. All the time. That's right. So what is a neurologist? So if you think about it, we are the brain doctors who do not do surgery. That's the easiest way to put it, you know. (laughs) And, uh, you know, we evaluate the patients. We usually get patients referred from their primary care doctor. And we evaluate the patient and see what's going on. If we determine that there is something that needs to be done surgically, then we definitely contact our colleagues and try to network and Mm. find the best of the best and for that particular problem. Let's say if it's a a, a problem with their disc in the neck or the back or if there's an aneurysm or a brain tumor, then we know which uh, physician, which neurosurgeon is is best Mm. at doing that and we make that referral. So you're the quarterback for something like that. But they start with you first. First, That's right. To see what, and so what are some of the things that you treat as a neurologist? We treat a variety of different things. You know, um, definitely headache and migraine. Since we are on the topic, we treat multiple sclerosis. Mm-hmm. We treat seizure, epilepsy, stroke is definitely a big thing that we take care of. Uh, we take care of neuro uh, neuromuscular disorders. You know, right. such as Guillain-Barré. We take care of Parkinson's disease. We take care of patients with ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. So we actually, as a neurologist, we we do a lot of different things and that's that's what I love about neurology even though I have three subspecialty and I know for example I'm I'm, I'm a subspecialized in, in uh, neuroimmunology or multiple sclerosis I have another subspecialty in neurophysiology and uh, uh, essentially treating patients with seizure but hmm. I still like to be thought of as a general neurologist as well right. because I can take care of a lot of different patients a lot of different conditions day in and day out essentially right. and and honestly I actually I don't want to say I, I work a lot but I enjoy what but I'm doing but you love what you do oh absolutely you absolutely. love what you do and that's absolutely. why I want you here today because you're so passionate about what you do um, I think neurology is just one of those things that has never been highlighted or promoted in our area a lot and now Correct. that we have our new MS Center which we'll touch on quickly at the end of the night um, 
having that here brings to light more and more what neurology is. Correct. Right? Yes. And so this topic coming our way, I thought was so important. I said, I'm going to bring Dr. Fatahi on <laughs> just to let's focus on neurology, what it is, and talk a bit about migraines. That's so right. we'll get to our topic now, migraines. So migraines, headaches, what is a migraine? Very good question. So uh, if I may start just broadly, we'll mm-hmm. talk about headaches first. So this okay. way I can, I can differentiate. You know, headache is just a broad term that we use when patients have, you know, head pain, right? Mm-hmm. Migraine is a subtype of headache. And migraine has a specific uh, definition, but also has a um, definition that patients are more familiar. Um, unfortunately, migraine headache is, uh, the, wor- the word migraine headache is used uh, too much overtly mm-hmm. and and the and the people uh, you know the patients and also the uh, primary care doctor physicians may use it by mistake mm-hmm. to refer to as just a headache or even tension headaches but migraine headache usually are either one-sided or both-sided um, headache that are affecting the patient and they last any time anywhere from about half an hour to maximum of three days so mm-hmm. if a patient has a headache that has been going on for a week that's not a migraine headache migraine headache doesn't don't last usually that long a week so you're saying yeah. a week so if you yeah. so if someone is comes to you and they tell you they've had a severe headache for a week what's the first thing you're doing so <laughs> that's right so if, if, you know beside the examination and obtaining history we definitely get some sort of imaging because right. we want to make sure that there's no bleed or there's no right. brain tumor or things like that that are causing this but otherwise if this was just a clear-cut migraine they usually don't last that long and you know the migraine usually patients have light sensitivities mm-hmm. sound sensitivities some sort of nausea or vomiting but if it's just a straight-out headache going on for a week that's not migraine that's That's something else that we need to look for and can a migraine come and get better for a couple days and then you get another one absolutely so you can have that break in the middle but then they come back that's right that's right so you have episodic migraine right which is usually defined as less than 14 headache a month Mm. if you have uh, more than 15 headache a month of migraine that's usually chronic migraine headache and you know the treatment it's it's uh, you know can overlap between the two and we'll definitely go over that and talk about what the treatments are yeah do you so you you had sent me an email and one thing you said were headache types that's right so you know we talked about the fact that you had the tension headache and are there different types of migraines that's right right. so um if we look at just the headache in general there's two types of headache one is primary headaches and the other one is secondary headaches as part of as far as the primary headaches migraine headache is one of them Uh, tension headache is one of them trigeminal type of headaches is another there are other types of headaches such as headaches associated with let's say when you eat ice cream right Mm -hmm. a patient says uh, i get brain freeze freeze. that's right that's right or headaches <laughs> associated with, for example, um, exercises, mm. right? Or, or or neck injury or trauma or mm. headaches associated with meningitis. Th- those are different types of But those of are not migraines. They're not migraines, mm. correct, correct. What are the other ones you just mentioned? You said, what's the last one you mentioned? Meningitis. No, no, the trans... No. 
Oh, the trigeminal. What is that? Of. So those are the headaches that patients usually have that it happens in one side of their head. Yeah. And they're associated with uh, either um, uh, lacrimation, so tearing, okay. or running nose in the same side, or puffiness of the face or the eyelid in the same side, puffiness of the conjunctiva, or redness of the eye. What causes so, those? So nobody knows. Just like migraine headache. We think migraine headache is maybe because of activation and protein. Maybe it's because of vasospasm inside the brain, you know, blood right. vessels going to spasm. We really don't know, you right. know, because some patients, for example, will have an aura with that and some patients don't have an aura with migraine. So it's tough to, to see why, you know, why different patients have different type of headaches, specifically migraine. What is the common etiology? And we really don't know yet. We don't know. What is, so you just said aura. So yes. what would the aura be? So what is an aura? Yes. Yeah, so aura is basically a type of sensory or visual or even a motor symptoms that patients have transiently. The most common one is visual aura. Mm -hmm. So patient will say they see flashes of light mm -hmm. or they see the, the vision become tunnel and it's, they say they start from the outside and goes inward. Or sometimes patient will say they see zigzagging in, in their vision. Typically, they last between, you know, anywhere from five minutes, 20 minutes, rarely beyond an hour. Right. Uh, some patients will have tingling cessation. That's an, also an aura. It's a sensory aura. Right. Some patients, believe it or not, actually have a weakness associated with that. There's an entity called complex migraine headaches or even basal migraine headaches that it looks like the patient is having a stroke. Ugh. And then the symptoms fully resolve on their own. That's scary. That, oh, yeah. I actually had a patient uh, last year that I was very worried and almost was going to give him TPA and we're fortunate enough that we're able to get a hold of her sister and the sister said no this is what happens it happens once or twice a year she has something called basal migraine and you know the patient couldn't answer us or couldn't say anything because she was just out of it there was a reporter I don't know if you had seen this there was a reporter on a yes. news show and it happened to her in the middle of a newscast that's right a few years right? ago right a few absolutely. years ago it was something like that yes, doc does she, that absolutely she had started to slow her yeah. I think it was maybe the Katrina um, um, uh, during the storm. storm. But yeah, and, exactly. and she got confused. She was and she confused, couldn't speech. speech. That's right. And then she had to sit down. And we, I remember looking at that. And my first thought, oh my God, she's having a brain aneurysm right. rupture. Right. But no, she, you know, thank God she went and got a CAT scan. And, and it was okay, a migraine. She resolved. Yes, it was a it was a complex migraine. That's wow. exactly what it looks that like. That is so scary. It is. It I is. know that if I'm getting a migraine. I can definitely sense myself getting inability to concentrate. Correct. All of a sudden, you know, I'm like, I, I just can't focus. That's you know, right. it's not, that's my aura. Like, just all of a sudden I get. That's right. That's I right. I need to. I'm, you know, I trip over my words, and I'm like, yeah, I gotta pull back. And, and that's the best thing you could do. Just go to a quiet area, yeah. just rest, and see if it passes. You know, I, obviously, if this is the first time that this happens, definitely come and see a neurologist. But right. If we know this is what happens, the best thing is just try to come and you know calm just yourself relax. down, relax, go into a dark room, and take a nap. You know, and that's take the a best nap. thing that that you can do for yourself. And definitely take a nap. Yeah. So, when we talk about a patient getting a migraine, they're going to see their physician. What would trigger their primary care to refer the patient to the neurologist? Yes. So there's multiple things that the primary care doctor can pick up on the exam and makes them want to ask to see the patient. Mm -hmm. um, number one is if the headache is atypical, 
you know if the patient complains of headache that is nagging or or ha- has severe neck pain or has nausea or vomiting mm-hmm. those those type of headaches are concerning to the to the primary care doctor and will send the patient you know I'll give you an example shortly but also if the headaches doesn't go away mm-hmm. if the patient has persistent headache despite the primary care doctor trying different medications and nothing works they usually give us a, f- a phone call and today I had actually two from primary care doctor asking me to see the patient soon because the headaches is not going away and it's affecting you know the patient and if you think about it actually there is as far as the migraine headache it is the most common disabling type of uh, headache disorder and it is ranked as a third most prevalent disorder and the seventh highest specific cause of disability worldwide Imagine so that. so this little headache and migraine yeah. they they can be a, a pain because you can't <laughs> concentrate no you cannot concentrate you can't focus you can't concentrate right. you just it and you you just can't manage your day-to-day life when correct. a migraine lasts throughout an entire day That's i correct. know that if i have a really bad one if it lasts the whole day the next day i feel like i have a hangover yes absolutely because my body feels spent that's right from what it's that's been right yeah through. you get fatigued you want, you just don't want to do anything it takes all the energy out of your body absolutely so when a patient comes to you, and we are talking with Dr. Poya Fatahi, who is a neurologist with Waterbury Neurology, and we are talking about migraine headaches. If you want to call in, 203-757-1320. You can certainly call in and ask any questions you might like to. Um, when a physician br- refers a patient to you, what is the first thing you do? So the first thing that we do, you know, first of all, listen to their what they're telling you, right? Mm-hmm. I, I teach the residents at both hospitals here and, and Yale New Haven. I always tell them, listen to the patients. Ninety percent of our diagnosis as neurologists is made by just history. Mm-hmm. So, and when we listen to them, we're looking for uh, something called red flags, something that just doesn't quite sit right, you know, and something that is unusual. The second thing that we do, we do a full, complete neurological examination and see if we can find something that is not supposed to be there. What does that entail? For example, you know, if we check reflexes and there's reflex one side more than the other, then we know there's a problem. There's a weakness. That's right. Okay. Or weakness. That's right. Or or if there is a change in sensation, one side versus the other, or there, there's a tremor that is not supposed to be there, mm. then that's something that, that it kind of uh, makes us nervous. Um, we have a tendency, if this is the first time that we see the patient and the patient never had any type of imaging, we always try to get an imaging, either a CAT scan or MRI. We do prefer MRI just because you see more detail. But if the patient doesn't like to do an MRI because they're worried, then we'll do a CAT scan. Because they don't want to go in the tunnel. That's right. That's but right. But if they go in the MRI, they're not putting their whole body no, in. It's, it's only a, their head. So that's why I always tell them, go yeah. to, actually, we have an MRI machine at Prospect by St. Mary's yeah. that, the open that is one. open MRI. And I usually give them a, a relaxing medication. Yeah. No anesthesia, but just a, a medication to make them calm and relax. And 99% of the time, we're able to get the imaging and patient does fine. And the newer ones, even the ones that are not truly opened, they look like a CAT scan. That's right. And they're because they're short bore and they're faster because the the one that's fully opened takes a little bit longer. That's right, because it's older and right. has to use different uh, sequences. Absolutely, because right. it's not as the magnet's not as strong, strong. I believe. That's right, correct. and it's stronger than it used to be. I know they had uh, upgraded those magnets on the yeah. on the opened, but still, that's right. The short and, bores they do good. It looks like uh, a cat. And scan. we always prefer the regular MRI over the open MRI. But if the patient says I cannot absolutely do it, then that's you know, right. it's better than it's better, better than, than not, not having right. Do you do? 
you have them inject with a dye to be able to see? Or? If I'm worried about a brain tumor or an infection, yes. So but that would be something on the neurological exam that's that correct. may trigger yes. you? Yes, I can give you an example, but I don't want to scare everybody thinking, Mm-mm. oh my gosh, this is what I have. But <laughs> I actually had a, one of the primary care doctors at uh, St. Mary's call me up on on, on one of the, you know, the days that I was working. And I, he said, hey, I'm worried about this guy. He has a bad headache and he can, we cannot get rid of it. So I saw him right away. And the thing that made me very worried was that he said every morning he wakes up, he throws up for the first hour before he can get to work. So to me, that tells me that his brain pressure or the intracranial pressure is going up when wow. he sleeps, and that's why it causes him to have that. And we're able to get the MRI right away within two hours as an outpatient, which is pretty good. Yes. And he ended up having something called dural uh, um, uh, fistula. So basically the arteries and the veins are the part of the brain. They were communicating to each other, and they were not supposed to do that. And that was the cause of his, uh, his uh, problem. And we said, him, you know, he was sent to to our St. Mary's Hospital ER. We got further imaging, and we needed we noted that we need a specialized uh, person for that, a neurosurgeon. So right. we sent him down to Yale specifically for this, and for that. we actually saved his life. Oh my know? gosh! So, so I'm glad that his primary that doctor teamwork. was concerned. And Absolutely. that's what we just talked about at the yes. beginning of the program. Absolutely. It is our team working here together to understand what the need is of the patient. That's right. And then evaluating it and getting the patient right in with the contacts that you have. Yeah. On, on something maybe we do not have that's here. But right. we have the ability to access that's right. it and, for you. And that's the thing is, is the cooperation. Primary right. care doctor getting worried. And, you know, we listen. And we brought him in. That's we great. We did our work. And, and that all did. happened within a day. Yes. All right. Within, within a day. hours. Wow. Hours. Yeah. So, so thank God that we're we able to We are so blessed done. here in this state. People don't realize what no. we have at our fingertips. Even just in Connecticut. Oh, it's I, I cover. I, I help uh, the VA. I'm part of a, something called tel, um, VA Telenational or Telestroke National Team. So mm-hmm. there's about 10 neurologists that we provide Telestroke yep. to different parts of the do, country. We have that at yeah, St. Mary's. That's right. I'm part of the same very right. one, too. But there are places in, let's say, South Dakota that there's no facility within six hours of, with those hospitals. Patients yeah. have to drive for six hours hours to get to a neurologist but you know here we have everything that we need saying the word stroke i don't want to get out of it stroke is something i always bring into everything it's just a personal <laughs> thing but when are you concerned when a headache is potentially an early stroke that's right that's right so most strokes actually don't cause headache, yeah. right? So there are certain strokes that may cause headaches. And what we look for is what is going on on the exam, mm. right? And specifically, what's the blood pressure doing? If mm-hmm. the blood pressure is very elevated and patients really don't have a problem with blood pressure, first thing that we worry about is something called hemorrhagic stroke. Right. So not the dry kind, but the bleeding kind. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones that can actually cause headaches right. with or without neurological symptoms. So those are the cases that we send right away to the ER, right. get a CAT scan right away and make sure that there's no bleed. Right, and they so do procedures on procedures them to coil needed. them. And or or, absolutely, or right. sometimes just you just watch them in the ICU yep. and make sure the blood pressure comes down and patients does well. And I know you threw the word out of TPA, but that's someone you don't TPA because Correct. of the bleed. Correct. And a TPA? TPA, we, essentially, it's a, uh, the only drug that is we have uh, that is FDA approved that opens the blood clot in the brain. Right. As long as it's given as long as, as long as it's not a bleed. As long as it's not a bleed. Right. If Absolutely. It's, if it's, if it's a, bleed, a bleed, it makes things worse. Right. Totally. Right. Which is why you have to get imaging. That's right. To see. 
CT, you mentioned MRI versus CT, so you do sometimes prefer the MRI more. So tell me what information they both give you. So the MRI is, I tell patients that CAT scan is like an old black and white TV, and MRI is like a high definition, top of the shelf type of imaging. So you see a lot more detail. Um, I usually go for CAT scan if I'm worried about timing. So sometimes MRIs, we have to make sure it gets approved. The MRI availability, the right. MRI may take 20 minutes to an hour to complete. CAT scan, two minutes. Two you minutes. know, oh, And we yeah. can do it right away. You know, we can u- utilize any of our satellite imaging at St. Mary's right. Hospital. And we can get them within an hour if we right. need to. We have so, so many CAT scans. That's right. So for those, <laughs> so we want to make sure, what I'm, if I'm looking for a big tumor or a big bleed, that's what I do right away yeah we said we just to be sure just that's to get right. that care right away and then when would you push it to the mri in the if, question if i don't see uh, uh, anything on the cat scan right then i go for an mri then you go for the mri that's right so we're going to take a quick break really at the halfway point so we're going to take a quick break we'll be right back talking about migraines with dr fatahi be right back everyone welcome back johnny's got me giggling here because we were just talking about the music i know i've said this before but we really need to change the jingle because it's an old jingle but we don't have a new jingle and then johnny said why don't you come in and sing it then i think i would lose all the audience that we've built so robin sills from saint mary's hospital welcome back to medically speaking and i promise i won't sing in this last next half hour because if my husband heard that he even said this he probably already turned the volume down because he knows i sound like lucy so it's not a good thing we are talking about migraines tonight it's all in your head we're actually going to be talking about migraines for the entire month so um it's all in your head talking about migraines with dr apoya fatahi from waterbury neurology 1625 straits turnpike in waterbury and chairman of the board for neurology at St. Mary's Hospital. We're so happy he can join us tonight. Um, and we've been talking about the different types of migraines and different types of headaches, and there's so many That's right. types of headaches. Um, you and I talked a bit about, you mentioned tension headaches. That's right. And I don't know if you want to talk about that now. Yeah. Let's yeah, let's can. talk about that now, and absolutely. then I want to talk about some of the triggers for a migraine. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So we make sure we put that out there. Sure, so sure. what, you know, we say it all the time, like, my husband will say, well, you got that migraine because you're tensed, you're stressed. That's right. Is that real? He's right, though. He's right. So. And then I can tell him it's him. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's not what you want to hear, but he's no, right. No, you know? he is right. Oh, oh my God. So tension headaches usually commonly refers to headaches that are usually because of a muscle tension, you know, that's what we usually think, you know, there's primary cause and central cause, we won't get into that and just like migraine headache that we just talked about, the exact mechanism of that is not clear of why mm-hmm. the tension happens. It is the most prevalent headaches in general population, so mm-hmm. it is more prevalent than the migraine and it can affect between 30 to 78% of the patients well, depending on which study you look at and it can be mild to moderate in intensity it is usually bilateral it is non-throbbing, and it doesn't have, you remember those nausea, vomit, right. light sensitivity, sun sensitivity. Now, could a tension headache trigger a migraine headache? Absolutely, mm. absolutely. And that's what I see in my practice as well. So are people that suffer from migraines more susceptible to develop a tension headache? Yes, yes and no. And here, here's the, the thing that I always tell patients that, you know, sometimes when we uh, see them and we do the, we know that they have migraine headache, but I still, th- 
on exam, I still notice that they have a lot of tension in the trap muscles mm -hmm. between the shoulders, the back of the neck. I tell them, look, I will give you medication for migraine headaches specifically, but those medications won't do anything for the tension headache. Right. The best thing for that is physical therapy or a muscle relaxer. So I usually... Or, I or no lot. stress. Well, <laughs> I wish there was a medication. I will no overdose on that. I will overdose Retirement. on that. Retirement is the medication. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But, um, you know, um, as part of the treatment that we do for migraine headaches is definitely look at the neck. We mm -hmm. look at the neck. If there's a lot of muscle spasm, I actually sometimes send them to the physical therapist mm -hmm. first. Mm -hmm. Have them work on their neck. Get them as loose and relaxed as possible. And all of a sudden, patients will tell me, Doc, Instead of having 20 headaches a month, now I'm down to two or three mm. by just doing something as simple as physical therapy or just taking a small dose of muscle relaxer at nighttime. And then the treatment that I'm going to have for that migraine headache, it will change dramatically. Because, you, you know, in today's world, we really try to do as much as we can from a holistic approach. Correct. So we don't have to take so many medications because right. they have their complications. They ha they definitely have their warnings and the interactions with other drugs and other things that you may do in your life. So you try to stay away from That's it. Right. That's right. I know right. I, I try so hard. I try so hard to stay away from anything. I'm very blessed. I don't That's really right. have, don't take anything but vitamins. But, you know. I know I'm going to get to that point someday where I'm going to have to take something because right. we all do. That's right? right. We all do. We're not we're, machines. No, we're not machines. That's you right. know, we That's all right. are going to be down that road. But you talk about, you know, stress triggering that tension headache. That's correct. What is a trigger? What's a typical trigger for a migraine? So a lot of patients, believe it or not, it's just dehydration. You know, we don't think about it, right? but, but that's one of major triggers. We and, just don't drink enough. We don't drink enough. Especially this time of year. Yes. Right? Well, actually, winter is worse. And winter, here's yeah, why. Yeah, because we're not hot. That's we're not right. thinking about that's it. That's right. But we, we are, you know, losing water. I always tell patients, look, you got to drink between half a gallon to a gallon of water. So that's between a six. It's a day. So that's between 64 ounces to 128. And I tell them, look, if you drink just half a gallon, I'll be a happy guy. So, and they do. They try. And I tell them, look, when I, half the time when I get a phone call from the ER that the patients have migraine headache, just given three liters of normal saline, all of a sudden resolve headaches on half of the patients. So wow. that tells you that we're not drinking enough water. Can you believe that? And that includes my wife, by the way, who's listening. I tell her, <laughs> don't wait until you have a headache to drink water. You have to drink water every day. And that's better prevention than anything else. It's so bad. And, and you're absolutely right. I mean, we were just talking about this. I am so bad. About drinking my water, I'll drink my coffee. Oh, that's the worst. And it's that you the do. worst. Yes, right. Yes. It's the worst. So coffee may make you feel good as far as the getting rid of that particular headache, but that won't last. And coffee no. actually will make you go to the bathroom more, so you're going to lose more water. Then you lose it, as that's well right. as if you start to cut down on your coffee, you get the caffeine headaches, right? But. I tell the patients, if they have bad headaches, get, guess what? Get rid of the coffee, get rid of the soda, and I tell them, you're going to be unhappy with me for the first week, but after that, you're going to be better. Because mm. coffee is a type of medication, if you think about it. <laughs> Caffeine, you know, if you drink too much of that, you will have medication overuse headaches. Just like patients that they take <laughs> too much ibuprofen or too much Excedrin or yeah. Fioricet. Those yeah. things can actually cause rebound headache or over medication overuse headache. But not headache. taken too much. So it's taken right. in moderation. Yeah, if you do, let's say, twice a week, three times a week, that's fine. Mm. That's fine. I've 
I've had patients that they would take 15 excedrin headache or excedrin migraine per day, and then they end up having a, a GI bleed, an oh abdominal bleed, and an ulcer and everything. I am such a nut with the excedrin migraine because I know you can't take more than two in a 24-hour period. Correct. But people don't read that label. No, they don't. They don't read that label. But being a nurse, I'm like, I don't want to brain bleed. That's I don't right. want to blame That's brain right. bleed. That's right. That's right. <laughs> My first patient when I was on ortho neuro back in 1982 was a brain bleed. Mm. I'll never forget her. And um, she had a really bad headache. Mm-hmm. And she took too many aspirin. Oh, that's and she worse. had a brain. Yeah, she had a brain bleed, and she yeah. was a young girl. She was thirty-two. I'll never wow. ever forget her. That image of that girl. That's right. Being in that state, having that brain bleed, now have a total brain injury. I'll never forget that, which is why I'm such a nut about taking that's it. Right. But the Excedrin migraine for me does work but i only take it maybe twice a month that's the way to do it right i so, would not do it more than you know two or three times a week right i would not do the more than no if, if you have more than four headaches in general per month you got to come and see, see either a neurologist or a primary care doctor because that's way too many headaches that's and, too many and i know you can get rid of it with ibuprofen with aspirin right. etc but if you have that many you got to get checked out you got to get checked out because it might that's be something right. else that's right it might be your blood pressure or maybe <laughs> something else that we can do that you don't have to take any right. medication. You know? Right. So let's talk about that. Well, we talked about triggers a little That's bit. Right. What's some other triggers so before we go the on triggers, the treatment? You know, before, besides this, could be uh, chocolate. Uh, oh, yes. Coffee and chocolate. That's right. Uh, wine, right? Why not? That's right. Sleep deprivation. Why, why, even white? Uh, less with white. Oh, good, because that's you know, my favorite. Less with white. But some patients, but they like actually Lissaka. have headache with just any alcoholic beverage, even a beer. Now, yeah. that's not good. No, beer, no. I don't get a headache. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a cheap date. Beer, I don't get a headache. Uh, the other triggers could be sleep deprivation, hunger, and, uh, you know, the different fumes. Actually, some patients with colognes. Mm. Yeah, so Trigger them. That's right. So if you know your triggers and you yeah. can avoid them, you avoid that's them. perfect. How about heredity? I mean, do they run in yes. families? Yes, it can. Yeah. Yes, it can. It can. There is different type of migraine headaches that can run in the family. Wow. Um, they are about 30% to 40% at the most. There is a one that is very interesting called familial hemiplegic migraine. So <laughs> these are the patients that will um, have half of their body paralyzed during a migraine. And I'm actually, <gasps> so the first time that I saw that was when I was a first year uh, resident at uh, Yale New Haven. Wow. And there was this little girl, I think she was like nine years old when she had that and I actually panicked because oh my gosh all of a sudden she couldn't move half of her body oh my then God. I asked talk to the mom and the mom said oh yeah this happens to me too and it happens to her grandmother as well so this is something called familial hemiplegic migraine it happens about 10% of, of the patients will have that you now know. you said children and I read something where children do suffer from migraines correct Correct. They, you know, their migraine headache could be different than than what we experience. Some of them, they will have this kind of cyclic vomiting and yeah. nausea. Some patients will just have just, as I said, paralysis of one side. That's a very um, in-depth, uh, different topic. Yeah. So we will, and we could talk more about that in the future, right. definitely. But you know, we started talking about over-the-counter stuff that we use just to get rid of our quote-unquote migraines. And you said, you know, if it's more than four in a month, we should definitely come to the neurologist because number one, you're gonna evaluate us and give us the right course of treatment and a safe course of treatment. That's right. So let's talk about what the treatments are. That's right, that's right. So 
when I see a patient, you know, first thing that I want to make sure, besides examining and doing all the imaging, is is the headache coming from the neck? muscles because if the neck muscles are tight and that's causing the headache why take medication for that mm. i send them to physical therapy mm. and they do well with that mm. and uh, once they're done with physical therapy then i know how much of the headache that they used to have before let's say they had 20 headache a month how much of that is true true migraine headache and how much of that is tension headache because that will help me determine what to do if they have let's say less than four migraine headache a month then i you just use something called abortive therapy meaning what meaning you take a medication only when you have a headache so medication like imitrex sumatriptan sometimes uh, medications such as reglan which is an anti-nausea medication right. will work well, in some cases excedrin may right. work you know right. as long as it's not too many right and if they have more than four headache amount let's say four to fifteen or more then i usually give them something like indra or propanol which believe it or not it's a blood pressure medication mm-hmm. but smart people then I am noticed that, wait a minute, if you use this medication at lower dose uh, in some patients with migraine, the migraine actually gets better. You reduce the pressure. That's right. Well, not, not really. No, we no. don't know how is it, it does, or is it just it relaxation do? of the just blood vessel? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. But it does work. Another medication is called nortriptyline or uh-huh. amitriptyline or Elevil. These are medications that are used for depression at higher dose, but we use just low, low dose, and that sometimes works. Other medications such as topamax or topiron made yep. or Depakote, which are seizure medication at low dose work for migraine. Now, let's say we try different medication, three, four different type of medication by by mouth, oral, and it doesn't work, then we move on to something called Botox injection. Hmm. So patients that have tried multiple medications, they've had headaches for over six months, they have more than 15 headaches, not necessarily only migraine, but just more than 15 headaches a month, then we can try Botox injection. Oh, my gosh. You know, you hear Botox, right? The first thing you think of are the Botox parties and everybody going (laughs) to get their lines fixed, their, uh, you know. And they use Botox for a lot of stuff. I mean, they even use it with stroke patients for toning for a lot of different things. There is 15 to 20, 25 different reasons to to use this medication. So the Botox that we use for migraine headaches is the same as Botox uh, for cosmetic, but it's given in a different way. First of all, it's nothing experimental. It's been approved by the FDA. It's been around for 60 years. Uh, It is covered by medical insurance because we're not doing for cosmetic reasons. We're doing for a a medical reason. and uh, it's given in different sites, you know, the, you know, the back of the head, the front, all the way around. And it, it may sound horrible, but it actually takes me like two minutes to do it. It takes me longer to draw the medication than to actually give it to the patient. And I have to say, it does work. Um, what does it do? So um, one thing that we know it does, it relaxes those muscles that are affected. So maybe that's how it works. There's a theory that maybe it relaxes also the blood vessels, you know, that are responsible for that, especially the blood vessels and the meninges. It's tough to prove that. Uh, but uh, if you look at most of the drugs. Can you give it an area where there's lines? Yes. Double? So the cross <laughs> feed area. Effect. That's the right. Cr- so the cross feed area absolutely can be given. It's interesting. Maybe I do have more than four months. <laughs> you know, some of my patients find it very interesting because one of the sites that we do, it's the uh, something called frontalis muscle, which is at the top, and also between the eyebrows. That's mm-hmm. an area that you have mm-hmm. to do, which is actually used for cosmetic mm-hmm. reason too. So the patients welcome this type of side effect because I do 
tell them one of the side effects of Botox is it gets rid of the wrinkle. And in its true side effect, they love it. There you go. They love it. But, you know, I always tell them it's not a magical drug. It takes three rounds. You inject it once every three months. And after that, we'll know, is it working? Yes or no. And what we're looking for is 50% or more reduction in the headaches. And that's what it was So shown. you could use that in a combination with the medications. Correct. And right. once we know that we have the medica- the uh, migraine under control with Botox, I actually start to win off of their medications. And there are a lot of times that I get patients from primary care doctors who are unable to tolerate the medication that they're on. For example, Depakote. A lot of patients are on that, but it can cause liver problem. It can mm. cause weight gain. So we, you know, if we tried I'm other things, we'll do that. I know. I know. Because there's but so many on the other hand, I have to say, I always tell my patient, look, if I can get rid of your headache by just using something like propanol or just therapy, why do the injection? Even right, though I, right. I think I have more, over 900 patients that I do different type of injection for Botox, I'm very comfortable with that. But I always tell them, if I can get rid of the headache by just the pill, don't do the injection. Right, if I can need... get rid of by just physical right. therapy, why even take a pill? So if people have the injection, does that usually last a lifetime, the three no, rounds? No. Uh, no, so I wish it did. I wish right. it did. The good thing and the bad thing with Botox is that effect and the side effect last for short duration. Side effects usually last a couple weeks or, or, or three weeks. What's the side effect usually? The most common side effect with Botox that when they did the study was actually headache from the injection. So the reason for that I think is that you have muscles that are tight, that are angry, and you put a small needle. The needle is very tiny. It's like those TB uh, well, t- skin test right, needle. Very, very right, tiny really needle. Tiny. And it's given sub- subcutaneously. So I go in a couple millimeters. That's it. Yeah. But sometimes that's enough to give patients a headache. You know, I, I, I tell them I could be injecting water, just the trauma from that little needle. Yeah, from the but needle that gets prick. better. Right. And when you look out of every 100 patients, when you look at back at the data, yeah. every 100 patients, four of them can have a little bit eyelid droop, which goes away after two or three weeks. Now, knock on wood, I used to be an eye doctor before, so I know we're not doing give it. And again, over 900 patients, knock on wood, so far zero. I have had no patient with eyelid droop. So if you just tweak... The last thing I want with yes, eyelid droop. Yes, that's right. Uh, the last thing then I, I want Then I gotta is, go see Dr. Soretti and pull him back up. Well, remember, <laughs> after two weeks, it goes away. Two weeks, it, it goes, goes away. away. It goes away. So, so, But the good effect of the Botox lasts about two and a half to three months. So that's why at three months mark, or 12 weeks we re-inject the patient. Then we, you re-inject That's the right. patient. That's right. Now, how long do patients always ask me, how long do we continue this? I always say, you have to tell me. Right. After a year or two, sometimes we space out and instead of doing every three months, we'll do every four months, every five months. Right. If they're, if they're doing well, perfect. If right. not, you know, we go back every three months. Do people sometimes outgrow the triggers? Yes. Yes, I've seen that. So as patients get older, actually migraine headaches don't bother them as much. Yeah, and there are other things. It, yeah. yeah. Well, actually it becomes less and, yeah. and and other things are triggering their headaches. I shouldn't say like for example, when I see a patient who is 80 years old, never mm-hmm. had migraine in their life and now they're there for headaches, even though they may ask me to evaluate for migraine, I always tell residents, it's unusual for a patient at this age oh. to have migraine. So look for something else. And most of them they have neck spasm because of mm-hmm. arthritis. Right. You do physical therapy, you give a muscle relax them, boom, they They're get better. better. That's right. They're better. You know, it's funny because as nurses, we are so triggered to look for those warning signs, right. right? You're looking That's for right. warning signs. Is it a stroke? Is it a bleed? Right. Is it a, you know, and, but then I was an ortho too, and there were a lot of patients with 
issues with their necks, with discs in their neck, and they had migraines. They That's suffered right. from neck migraines. That's right. And physical therapy does work. Yes, absolutely. You know, it, it definitely does work. But that's where, too, you work with a neurosurgeon. If that's there's right. so much arthritis in the yes. neck, would it lead that collaboration to maybe yeah. do something? So that's a very good question that you ask because a lot of times when, when patients do physical therapy and they don't get better, you know, we do everything and they still don't get better. Then we get a scan on the neck and we see, oh, yeah, there is a disc. Mm. But, you know, we, we tell them uh, just having the neck pain doesn't necessarily mean you need to have surgery because right. surgery is no guarantee that it's right. going to get rid of the neck pain. Right. Now, if the patient has neck pain and, let's say, arm weakness or right. arm numbness, that's different. Right. Or if the disc is putting too much pressure on the spinal cord, right. that's a different totally reason. Different. So Absolutely. I would not do a surgery just because of the pain. Absolutely. That's where physical therapy you know, does work somewhat, but the muscle relaxers that's really right, work. Sometimes but, we do a little steroid injection and right, that also Right, the steroid helps. injections. That's right. Absolutely, because right. you don't want to cut if you don't have to. No, that's right. The that's last right. thing you do is want to cut. Um, you talked a lot about different medications. The question that I had when you were talking about the medications, how do you tailor the medication to the patient? You know, yes. You know, yes what, really. How does that match? So I look at their past medical history. Okay. You know, let's say if a patient has diabetes or asthma, I would not give them something like Indra or Propara because it's a beta blocker. It can induce asthma or it can cause them not to sense that the sugar is going low. Mm. Or if the patient, uh, let's say, has a, a problem with the kidney or a liver, then I change my treatment based on that. And you look at other medications they're on and for Correct. what interacts with something else, that's right? right? And let's say if they are on a medication called metoprolol, which is a cousin of the Indrel, there's no sense of trying the same type of class of medication. So I skip that medication and we try something else. So, you know, it's kind of a mix and match, right? That's right. Putting the patient... That's, right. that's the art of yeah. the medicine more than that's the science the art of, of the, the medicine. medicine. Johnny's telling us we only have five minutes. Oh, well, we yeah. got to recap. I know. We have to recap. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny. <laughs> so let's go back a little bit. So patients come to you, they're referred by your physician, their physician, and what is the trigger? usually for them the doctor send when he's tried things with them that's right. right that's right he's tried things things don't get better or there is some abnormality on their presentation and uh, those are some of the triggers that right. make patients come to see us and you do a full evaluation and then with imaging plus the history Correct. you decide a course of treatment for the patient so if we have to leave our patients with anything when should they be concerned if they have headaches that are happening very frequently, right? If they have headaches that are associated with, let's say, numbness, pins and needles, change in vision, anything that is out of the norm. Because you can ask patients, anybody walking outside, they will tell you they have headaches here and there. Those are okay. Right. But if the headaches is unusual or atypical, then they need to come and see us. And, and the headaches making your quality of life unmanageable. Correct. Right. Remember, it's one of the most disabling things that that people can have in the United States and throughout the world. I, like I said to you, I know when mine is coming if I'm going to have one, and sometimes I'll go months and I won't have one. Then all of a sudden, something will trigger it if I've not had enough water. That's right. Right. So hydration, right. hydration, hydration. Very important. If we leave with any tip today, it's hydration, hydration, I hydration. I actually type in front of the patient loudly. I say increase water intake to one gallon or half a and gallon. And that is a non-chemical. Non-chemical, easy thing to do. Cheap. 
way. Your kidneys will love you for your that. Your kidneys, you will lose weight. That's right. That's you will right. feel full. That's right. Right? That's right. Do you see, and you know, you said exercise induced. I know we only have a couple of minutes, but you said exercise induced. Yes. So, so what that, is that? Those are for people who do squatting or they do heavy lifting or let's say if they they fall down or right. they, they do wrestling. Those are the things that you have to watch for. For a migraine That's headache. right. That's right. Those because are, most of them, they essentially impact the neck which can in turn cause headaches. Oh my so we were talking today with Dr. Puya Fatahi, a neurologist at Waterbury Neurology, and that's at 1625 Straits Turnpike. I want to make sure I give you their website. It's waterburyneurology.com, and the phone number, what's your phone, Doc? 203, I got it. Oh, yeah. you got it? Yeah, 203-758-8995. When I see that come across my phone, I usually know it's Bridget, one of your <laughs> girls calling me. Um, I wanted to make sure everybody had your information. And you can go on the website. Again, it's waterburyneurology.com. And they have their homepage plus a list of the providers, the services. Um, and you also have a patient portal, too, for your patients That's that right. see you in the office. They can get into the records and see things. A lot of places have that now. And, again, you are one of our our partners within the um, St. Mary's new MS Center. Correct. So excited to have you send Very, patients there. Absolutely. Beautiful center. Beautiful. All in one. That's right. Treatment, infusion, physical therapy, therapy, occupational therapy. Absolutely. I encourage anyone out there, if you want to come and see our brand new uh, MS Center, please feel free to call St. Mary's Hospital, and uh, we will definitely provide a tour. So if you have someone out there um, that would like to see our new MS Center. So, Doc, again, thank you so much for joining us today. And your wife is a new... That's dentist right, that's, that's right. been approved her name that's right dr rose desfulian d-e-z-f-o-o-l-i-n she's at chase parkway dental she's at chase parkway dental and she's going to be joining us at some of our spirit of women programs so if you're looking that's for right. a really good female dentist she's phenomenal she's and i don't phenomenal. say that just because she's my wife <laughs> she has a good she touch. just got she privileging nice. at st mary's right. so we're so happy to have her part of our medical staff so congratulations thank you very much and we will invite her that. and you everyone out there can meet with her in the future. Absolutely. Thank so you. So I want to thank everyone for joining us tonight. Um, this is Robin Sills from St. Mary's Hospital. We um, will be doing another show this Friday at 930. We will be talking with um, someone from our St. Francis Hospital from the Integrative um, Department of Wellness there. They do a lot of different integrative holistic things. And we're talking a little bit about migraines. So we'll have someone talking about integrative medicine and migraines. And I'll get my back up here from Dr. Fatahi and he'll tell me what questions to ask. So hopefully you can join us at 9.30 this Friday morning, Friday the 13th. I want everyone to have a wonderful rest of the week and I will be back on Friday at 9.30. Have a great one.